0: The scale of the opioid crisis coupled with the COVID-19 pandemic has driven an increase in homelessness and people living in tents, making it extremely difficult to reach and treat those in need. To be clear, tents are not appropriate for housing. They lack clean water and adequate hygiene facilities. Even more concerning, these tents have become the site of infectious diseases sexual assaults, human trafficking, potential overdoses, and violence. We cannot let our most vulnerable residents continue to suffer in these encampments.
1: That was Boston's Acting Mayor Kim Janey speaking on Tuesday about the dire situation at Massachusetts Avenue and melnia Cass Boulevard. After months of growing alarm about the open-air drug market operating there, overdoses, violence, and the proliferation of discarded needles in the surrounding Roxbury and South End neighborhoods, Janie declared a public health crisis and issued an executive order that she says will begin the process of dismantling the tent city. No one will be moved out without a shelter bed available for them, Janie said, but she added that enforcement will be used as a last resort if other steps fail. One voice that has been calling for action for months now is Suffolk County Sheriff Steve Tompkins. He oversees the Suffolk County House of Correction, which sits in the middle of the Mass and Cass area. I'm Michael Jonas from Commonwealth Magazine, and Steve Tompkins is with us today on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. So you have been kind of focused on this for as long as anyone um, now we've got an announcement from the acting mayor uh, that sort of is the culmination I think of some uh, conversations that you've been part of or that have gone on with state and local uh, officials. Um, what's your reaction to, to, to what she's laid out first of all?
0: You know what to tell you the God's honest truth, I've read it and I think that she hits on all of the salient points. Uh, I think it's, it's a very doable plan. Uh, the one thing that gave me pause was that they wouldn't remove anybody off of mass and cast unless they had an available bed for them. Well, winter is right around the corner and it's going to get very, very, very cold. We've already had three fires down there from individuals bringing in propane tanks to warm their tents. And so I do believe that at some point, there will be enforcement. I think there has to be enforcement, um, to get people off of, uh, off of those streets there.
1: And, uh, just give a little bit of background for folks uh, who haven't followed. I mean, it's been in the news so much, but some may not have followed it, followed it all. How, how did we get to this situation where we now have? I think there's something like uh, in the neighborhood of maybe 150 tents there. There must be then that must represent several hundred people living in that area. Uh, wh- how did we get? How did we get here? So
0: it's interesting. The Long Island Bridge, where people that had uh, addiction problems and maybe some mental health problems would get, uh, they would go across the and they would be on Long Island. In 2014, the bridge was falling apart, and so they closed it down, and they took one of the old printing buildings, the city, when I say they, took one of their buildings. Long story short, they turned that into a 450-bed shelter, and that's when people started showing up around 2018 or thereabouts. Okay, that's fine.
1: And that so building I- is near, near the Mass and Cass area? It's
0: right across the street from the fire department headquarters. Right. And so, you know, right between my building and the fire department headquarters, we were told that, hey, no problem. People won't be hanging out. They're going to come there, get their medication. They're going to have casework and you'll never see them. Well, that didn't happen because they were hanging out. And there's a variety of reasons why people don't want to stay in shelters. Um, And so fast forward during this early spring, we began to see tents pop up two here, three there, one over here. And nobody did anything. The city didn't do anything. And so I guess more people felt like, okay, let's establish a community. I don't know what nonprofit was giving out the tents, but I'm told that a couple of nonprofits were coming down, giving out the tents. And that has mushroomed into about, actually, it's about 200 tents now, Michael, with about 400 people, most of which um, have um, substance abuse issues, mental health issues. And I'm told from COVID, there's probably a fair percentage of people now that are homeless that are living there so what we have is a situation where you have an open air drug in you have human trafficking um and it's an untenable situation that has to be rectified and remedied now before we turn into uh dare i say the west coast where it's really out of control the the situation is out of control
1: and so you recently uh put forward one idea for one approach to dealing with with the problem um that has to do with uh, making use of a of a dormant or vacant uh, facility that's on the campus there of the House of Correction. Can you just describe what your what your idea is?
0: So on campus, I have a building. It's called Building Eight, and it's uh, it's a four-story building. Uh, it's unoccupied right now, and so what I said, actually, what I've been saying for about a year or so. Uh, now is that we will um, utilize that building. We'll take some of these folks and we'll put them in uh, our shelter to get them off the street, get them a bed, get them food, get them uh, uh, clothing and medical care, and casework, blah, 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 blah. Nothing really happened, nothing really happened. And as we were getting through the summer, my voice along with Sue Sullivan from the New Market Square Association and Carol Tinkinen from the uh, food bank, we started to amplify our voices. And really talk, really make a lot of noise. As you know, we're in the middle of a mayor's race. And so all of the candidates came down to tour and see what was going on, but still nothing happened. Okay. Um, around the third week in September, um, one of the media organizations did a, a, a story wherein they asked me, What would you do? And I said, Well, look, I have a building. I will take 100 people. I will take 100 people that are already touching the legal system. What I mean by that is if they have double or triple warrants, I will take those folk in because I didn't really want to get into the Section 35 or what's known as a civil commit. Uh, The state has lost a lawsuit for women being civilly committed, and there's one pending for men. So I didn't want to get into that. But I said, if they are involved with the legal system, give me those people, and we can accommodate up to 100 people. And so, I think that although with uh, the mayor's plan, I still think that you're going to see some people coming our way.
1: Right, and I think from what I've read, she doesn't specifically include your uh, your plan for that facility in her in her plan.
0: Well, I think that's I think that's really I think that's politics. Dare I say? What What do I mean by that? If she were to say that, um, then you would have the ACLU, CPCS, Prisoner Prisoner Legal Services, and and all other manner of uh, organizations that don't think that people should be placed in an incarceration setting would descend upon her. So I get it. I totally understand why she didn't mention our facility. There, Those groups that I just mentioned are vehemently against people uh, being housed and helped at an incarceration facility. My question is, so two questions. One, what's your plan? Oh, that's right. You don't have one. And two, um, look at the horrific situation. That's going on on massacres, a humanitarian crisis. Would you rather that, particularly in the winter, or would you rather them be inside, out of the elements, getting the care that they need? And right. so that's what we're offering.
1: So you have uh, faced some criticism, you know, from from uh, maybe some of the groups you mentioned. Also, uh, Congresswoman Ayanna Pressley weighed in and, you know, sort of referred to this as sort of a you know criminalization of addiction and and things like that. How did you? How did you react to that?
0: Well, first and foremost, I'm glad that the Congresswoman added her voice to this discussion, because I'm hoping that her voice and her influence uh, can really galvanize her colleagues to do something to address this dire situation. On the flip side, the whole thing about criminalizing this is ridiculous on its face okay that's just nonsense we are not trying to criminalize anybody we are trying to keep people from dying out there so what do we have we have a 90-day proposal Michael 90 days you're with us we get you as best clean and sober as best we can in the first 25 to 30 days and then for the next 60 days we are working with all of the things that you need i.e. do you need a home uh uh, what's your situation at home with your, your, your family, your parents, your kids and that sort of thing? Do you have um, outstanding bills like child care bills or motor vehicle registry bills? Uh, do you need casework? You see? And so what we are going to do is bring in external partners, uh, mainly WellPath, which is our medical provider, along with the state's medical folk, and then places like Pine Street um uh, 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 Project Place, and other organizations that can help with homelessness, drug addiction, mental health. And these are the things that we have to do. And so to say that, you know, just because it's in an incarceration facility is ridiculous. And this building, unlike all of the other buildings on my campus is a standalone. All of my other buildings, you can actually walk through all of the buildings without ever having to go outside. So there will be no co-mingling of the inmate population that's been convicted and live here with these folk here. So now let me answer this question, which you haven't asked, but how would they get here? Okay, so that would be on the police to actually begin to move people off the street. And then it would go to either the DA or the courts to determine um, whether or not these individuals, if they're going to come my way, should be sent to Nashua Street, our pretrial facility, because the, the, the severity of their warrants are such that Uh, these may be really, really bad people and they need to be in jail. Or will the courts send them to this building eight where we can give them the services that they need? So first it's the cops, then it's the courts and the district attorney, and then it's us. Because we've been asked, are we going to be a part of moving people off of mass and cast? We, the Suffolk County Sheriff's Department, will not be a part of that.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, as you know, there's kind of a broad uh, set of, you know, public health experts and advocates who say any kind of forced treatment of addiction has kind of been shown through countless studies to be counterproductive, to backfire, sometimes to even lead to be connected with overdoses when people, you know, reject treatment and, and head out. Um, how, do you, how do you respond to that, you know, kind of whole, you know, pretty broad, I think sort of broad consensus among, among the kind of advocacy and public health world? Okay,
0: what's your plan? That's how I respond to it. What's your plan? Look, should these activities be, uh, take place in a healthcare facility, outside of a correction facility? Absolutely, 100%, I agree with that. Absolutely, it should be in a healthcare facility. But because of the scarcity of beds to address mental health um, and, and, and substance abuse, oftentimes people are sent to jail And so I have a full-blown medical team, substance abuse team, and mental health team. So we can help. We just want to be a part of the solution. Now, I read in one of the papers that there's 170 beds that are available uh, for people to take. They just haven't taken them. Well, you know what? If you can get them there, that is awesome. Get them there. You know, I'd rather see them at, say, Whittier or Demick or the Shattuck or one of these other places outside of our facility if you can't get them there, if there aren't enough beds, because there's about 400 people down there right now, we have to get these people off the street, Michael, before it gets really, really, really cold out there. And and bad things will happen. People will die. People will die.
1: And and you've also raised kind of, to be frank, uh, issues of concern about your employees, right? There have been some incidents involving your employees. And I think even more uh, uh, significant or or kind of a broader impact has been the impact we've heard from the New Market Square businesses in the area. And you mentioned earlier, Sue Sullivan, the head of that association. There are businesses there that say, I remember one that said, they think they've lost half a million dollars of business because of the kind of ripple effects of this uh, encampment. So it's a- So
0: let me start with first, last summer, one of my officers, as he was parking his car, um, got into an altercation with several of the folk that live on atkinson street and it got pretty ugly you know and the city came through with something called operation clean sweep where they moved people along and they got rid of property that was just in in disrepair and there was a lot of pushback from a number of different entities
1: right i mean there was some reporting they didn't get rid of of, you know, property and disrepair. But they took people's belongings, and you know, there was this whole talk that somebody's wheelchair got just thrown in a trash uh, truck. Yeah, yeah,
0: and it should have been in the trash because it had feces all over it. It had needles stuck in it. It was a piece of trash, and it should have been in the trash. And I was, I was actually taken aback when I saw the article about this particular wheelchair. Uh, it, it was, it was, it, it was just ridiculous. That's it. And so far as my employees are concerned, we are finding that we have to walk some of our personnel to their cars if they're leaving after dark, because you have people that not only uh, kind of hanging around their cars, uh, some have had their cars broken into, but um, there's human waste around the cars. People are just letting themselves do what they do. And so we have to do that. Insofar as Sue Sullivan, uh, the New Market Square Association people, I'm told actually, purchased some of the buildings on Topeka Street and that made it private property. They were able to then come in, working in tandem with the police, to have those folk moved off of Topeka Street and they erected like this massive fencing. So the sidewalks are closed. now; You can't walk down the sidewalks, but you also can't erect tents because you'd be situated in the middle of the street. The $500,000 that you referenced, I believe that was the food bank that spent $500,000 for security. So that's $500,000 uh, a worth of food, it's not going to go to food pantries or or shelters, uh, you know, women and family uh, uh, that, that need this food because that money has to be paid, uh, spent on security. Ludicrous. It's just crazy.
1: And so, like, just help me understand some of the details, um, you know, for example, of what uh, the city has announced. If, you know, I think we understand they're saying nobody will be uh, moved or have their tent removed if there's not a shelter bed available, but a shelter bed is not the same as treatment so you've got people who are actively addicted to opioids then you send them to a shelter many of them have a you know zero tolerance policy you cannot be high in there you can't if you have any drug paraphernalia on you so i mean are some of these people going to be moved to shelters and then like kind of out on the streets the next day i just wonder again it's 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 an overwhelming uh you know humanitarian crisis as everybody keeps saying but um What's going to happen uh, as, as some of these elements of the city's plan start to be uh, put into place?
0: So I don't know where all of the 170 beds, uh, excluding my 100, are situated, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that there would be at a place like uh, Demick, which also they have a shelter, but they also have medical care. Uh, the Shattuck, where they have shelter, where they have medical care. So I'm assuming that they're going to try to move people to a place where they can have all of uh, their needs serviced. My 90-day plan basically is you come here. We The space that we have is going to be set up dormitory style. So it doesn't look like or shouldn't feel like a, a captive prison environment. The doors will not be locked. So individuals will be able to move freely uh, along that unit. But if they are remanded to here, they will not be able to leave the building once again because they have a criminal record and the courts have sent them here. So they won't be able to leave the building, but they also won't be in any type of lockdown.
1: Right. So talk a little bit about um, about some of the recent discussions that have gone on because, I mean, another another kind of flashpoint, I guess you'd say, in this whole thing was uh, a number of weeks ago when the city uh, was talking about setting up sort of shelter services in an unused or a vacant hotel in Revere. Now that sort of led to basically all hell breaking loose with the mayor of Revere saying, you know, over my dead body will you come here? And you kind of had this kind of, you know, war over the municipal boundaries between uh you know acting mayor janey and and mayor origo in revere and i think it just underscored the fact as we've you know of what this is a regional problem now we've heard figures that you know more than half i've heard the figure up to 60 percent of these folks sort of descended on this area not even from boston that certainly makes the case for this being a problem that needs kind of a regional solution to it but it felt like uh you know unless the state stepped in it was going to be hard to see local communities given the kind of strong NIMBY feeling where everybody wants it dealt with but nobody really wants to have uh, folks or facilities or treatment beds opening up in their area it was going to take the state intervention so we hear there've been discussions you've been part of those so the governor himself and uh, uh has been in these can you just give a little picture of what these conversations have been like and is also am I right? The attorney general's been been part of these. Uh, how, how did these? How did the sort of discussions start? And what have, what have they been like?
0: The Boston police actually have rosters or lists of people that are living there, and so you're right. They know where these people have come from, whether it's uh, I don't know, Natick or Wellesley or Woburn, you know, um, outside of Boston. So they know where these people are are, are coming from, and I agree with Mayor Janey that this is a regional, if not, dare I say, state uh, situation. The, the uh, governor two weeks ago began to convene meetings with uh, the DA, the AG, uh, the Sheriff's Department, um, the trial court, uh, Boston Police, um, uh, CPCS, these are the defense attorneys. Right,
1: the state public defender agency.
0: Exactly. And that was good. That made sense to have them there. And then you had the healthcare individual uh, folk from both the city and the state at these meetings, uh, as well as Terry Reedy, the commissioner for the Department of Corrections. And so two weeks we began discussing how this would play out. And one of the things that they've talked to the sheriff's department about is setting up a mobile courtroom so that you can take people right off the street, take them across the street, Uh, into this mobile courtroom where arraignments can be held right then and there so we begin to get ready information as to who they are what their needs are and where they should go okay Um, so that was the first meeting the the first couple of meetings were only an hour in length so that first meeting really dealt with a talked about the court situation getting them off the street and then identifying where they were going to go okay the next meeting was then when we're getting down to the plan the plan of how this was going to be effectuated. And at the time, the mayor hadn't had, I mean, she may have had the plan, but she hadn't presented the plan. So there were some discussions about all of the things, all of the elements that's in her plan now that would have to be worked on to get people off the street, put them somewhere, and then get them the care that they need. But then also, how do you have a continuum of care? So when they leave either here or whatever shelter, who who do they get handed off to that can continue to help them? versus them going back to the street. The third meeting, I was away on the summit, so I, I, I'm not privy to what happened. We had a meeting yesterday, and all of the parties are, are, are coming together now, uh, kind of, uh, let's just say it's getting stronger.
1: And is this, were these virtual or were these in-person? No, no, no,
0: they're at the Statehouse. Everybody's in, in, uh, in the room at the Statehouse, socially distanced, but everybody's there.
1: And where are you meeting? Is it in the governor's suite or whose who's, who's shop is it in?
0: No, down at, you know, the uh, press room, downstairs, yeah. Yeah. down in the press room.
1: I see. And is the and is the governor uh, kind of chairing it or running the meeting? Or who, who, who sort of... Uh, you no, know,
0: really, let me say, you know, that's a good question. Um, is he running it? Yes, but not really. We actually have heard more from Mayor Janey, um, because more of the focus has been on the city of Boston, frankly. And so the state wanted to hear what the city is doing and going to do before they come in with their resources. So, I mean, clearly the governor has been engaged and involved, but I would really say if you're asking who's running the meetings, it's probably Mayor Janey and doing a heck of a job.
1: And she was, so that, this was the case for the meeting yesterday. She was, she was there.
0: Uh, This has been the case for most of, she's been involved at all of them. Gotcha. Gotcha. And this has been the case for all of them.
1: Right. And I should just say we're, uh, we're speaking here on Thursday. So we're talking about a meeting that that took place on uh, on Wednesday, the the 20th. Um, And so uh, I mean, I didn't, it sounds like there was kind of a focus on the kind of court and criminal justice kind of levers in these meetings. Uh, I mean, there haven't been, hasn't been really, apart from the officials from the city government and state government, the sort of public health advocates and other types haven't really been part of these conversations.
0: Yes. Yeah. The state's uh, health component and the city's health component.
1: But I mean, outside of those folks, some of the sort of non-government, you know, advocates and folks that, whose voices have been raising questions about using a kind of court and criminal justice kind of focus to deal with the problem. They haven't really been part of these confabs.
0: Uh, uh, well, CPCS has. Uh, ACLU has not been there. Uh, Prisoner Legal Services has not been there. Uh, Insofar as the healthcare component is concerned, WellPath, who is our healthcare providers, as well as the Department of Corrections uh, healthcare providers, they haven't been at the meetings, but they have been engaged. There have been a number of tours uh, here at my uh, uh, department, uh, Michael, and uh, WellPath uh, has been engaged there. Insofar as people rising their voice in opposition to this, that actually hasn't really been any in conversations that I've been engaged mm-hmm. in. And I will yeah. say this also, since this, since this issue of using the uh, MySpace here uh, have, has come to the fore, we have gotten so much more positive uh, reception to this. And dare I say, six, seven, eight to one, people saying we should do this versus not. And I'm not at liberty to talk about the individuals or the companies that have called to say they want to be uh, helpful But there have been some pretty significant overtures here from some very significant influentials to say we got to do something. Now, nobody wants people to be in jail, per se, unless you belong in jail. Nobody wants that. But also, people don't want people dying on the street.
1: Right. And um, in terms of, uh, you know, folks who've expressed concern, I'm just curious, have you had any conversations like with Congresswoman Presley after her comments? Have you guys talked about that? no
0: not really uh no we haven't we haven't we haven't had I mean, she's very very busy I'm very busy right I'm, I'm, I'm sure at some point uh we will now there is a consortium of electeds of color okay and um I was invited to a meeting um last Friday Thursday or Friday with a pretty lengthy discussion you know, Liz Miranda, Russell Holmes, Sonia Chang-Diaz, the list goes on, uh, Ricardo Arroyo uh, and others. And I had an opportunity to really explain to them what, um, what we're trying to get accomplished, but at the same time, how much we need their help to make this really successful and something that's sustainable, you see. Um, the Congresswoman wasn't a part of that discussion that day, but I'm sure that at some point she and I will have a chance to sit down and talk about it, but there again, I say that, you know, I welcome her voice and I welcome her dissension because you know what, what is this? squeaky wheel gets the oil. And so if there's any element of controversy, this one says do it, this one says don't, that gets people's eyeballs and ears. And that's what we need. We need people to be attuned to what's going on.
1: Right. But your, your kind of bottom line along with, I think that of the mayor is that, you know, it's time for action that we can't kind of continue to kind of kick the can and the situation can't be allowed to continue or or even proliferate and get worse, uh, as it seems to have done over the last couple of months.
0: Well, it's not just the mayor and I. It's the state. It's the governor. It's the courts. Seriously, all courts are very engaged. The AG has
1: been big time involved with this, Mm -hmm. uh, as has the, the DA. So do you feel like the governor like and the AG have kind of stepped up on this? Because I have to say, I'm watching this over the last couple of months, I kept thinking, where are the state players? Again, you need sort of a broader voice you know, because of the regional nature of it. You need them to step in. And, and I kept wondering if they were going to because it's not really a, a problem that, that probably uh, from a political point of view anyone is eager to dive into because the solutions are so challenging or seeming elusive. Well, this is just, what I'm about
0: to say is more speculation on my part, but I think that the state was standing back to wait for the city to handle its business. Uh, it wasn't my sense that the state wanted to come in kind of as big brother, here we come to take over this situation. We are going to uh, watch what you do, work in tandem with what, you, what you're what you doing. But two weeks ago, I guess it just got to the point where the governor called these meetings. Uh, as I say, the mayor has been very vocal and instrumental in guiding the conversation, but it was the governor who actually called the meetings. And so the state's involved now, big time.
1: And so do you feel, would you, that the governor and the AG have stepped up kind of in a positive way? Do you?
0: Yes, most assuredly. I yeah. mean, the governor and the AG have stepped up in a very positive, forceful, let's get it done way.
1: And they, it, you know, again, to the politics of it, it's interesting that they seem to be sort of on the same page. We know there's speculation that they're, they're the two kind of uh, Bigfoot candidates for governor, neither of whom is actually a candidate for governor, right? We've got a lot of other people who've announced, but neither the governor nor nor Attorney General Healy are actually candidates. But there's all certainly speculation that that could be a matchup. So it's just interesting on one of, these, one of the big issues, at least in the Boston area, they seem to be on the same page. And I was just going to ask you in that same vein, um, it, uh, earlier this week, there was a, a televised debate for the mayor's race and both... Of the candidates, Michelle Wu and Anissa Asabi George were asked about Mayor Janey's plan that had just been uh, announced, and they both reacted pretty positively, and and were said they were both encouraged uh, by it. I was interested to hear that that neither of them uh, seemed to at least immediately kind of go to the kind of sort of side of raising questions or criticism about whether it's heavy-handed, whether it's, again, too focused on enforcement and police stuff. They both seem to think it's the way to go. And I just wonder, I mean, what does that tell you about how the kind of approach to this and efforts to really deal with it are likely to proceed going forward? As we all know, we've got election, you know, less than two weeks away. The new mayor will be sworn in, not in January, but within a couple of weeks and so one of those two folks uh, is going to be really the the one uh, kind of driving things from the city level. And um, I know you're- So when yeah. you talk
0: about the plan and the mayor's plan and uh, the both of the candidates running for mayor's uh, assessment of the plan, I must say, it really is a pretty comprehensive plan that's not heavy-handed in any aspect, particularly in enforcement. Uh, it, it really isn't. And so I think it would have been foolhardy. Uh, if either one of the ladies really tried to take it apart because it's pretty darn good, you know, and, and as a critic of the fact myself, as a critic of the fact that it's taken too long to get to this point, um, I liked what I read and I believe that they liked what they read also. Um, but also where, like you said, in a political climate right now, where we've got these two ladies running for mayor, you've got the governor and the AG, and there's that discussion about his race or his and her race. And so I don't really think that anybody wants to get this on a political turf, so to speak. They really want to keep this in that realm of being a humanitarian crisis. And what do we do as public advocates? Uh, What do we do to take care of the situation? I mean, actually, that's what they were voted in to do. And that is what they're doing.
1: And uh, and just finally, Sue Sullivan, the New Market uh, Square Business Association leader, was quoted uh, in The Globe. This week, saying after the mayor came out with her plan that she feels perhaps more hopeful about things than she has in a couple of years. So, h- how do you feel about things going forward?
0: I feel very hopeful. I-, I share that sentiment with Sue. The cavalry has finally arrived, Michael. I mean, the cavalry has arrived. And so now we just have to get down to business uh, one, removing the people uh, off of the streets, two, in the streets because they are it's a cesspool right now and then three what do we do with the people once we've gotten them off the streets whether it's into a shelter whether it's into a confinement facility um but how do we get them the casework and the care that they need and so i feel i feel i'm i'm i feel very good about the prospect of this being addressed in a holistic way here's the deal though when next year rolls around and the weather gets warm again we cannot allow this sort of scenario to pop up again. And believe me, it will if steps aren't taken immediately to remedy that.
1: Suffolk County Sheriff Steve Tompkins, thanks so much for, uh, for this conversation.
0: Thank you for having me, sir. Appreciate
1: it. And you have been listening to another episode of the podcast from Commonwealth Magazine. I'm Michael Jonas. Thanks for listening. We will see you again next week.